Content warning. No Gods, No Monsters contains profanity, substance use, and a strong hatred for the police. Charlie, I think we should come out officially as an anti-science podcast. What do you think? No. <sighs> what? Did you watch the movie? <laughs> these scientists fuck everything up. They're fucking assholes. Oh, yeah. I'm anti-these scientists, but... Science is science, dude. We the all ones, know this. The ones that created the vaccine so we can be Bill Gates' minions? I support those scientists. I love Bill Gates. I'm just saying, I think we should either take a hard stance on anti-science or a hard stance on anti-journalism, just in solidarity with Varan. Hey, you know me. Whatever stance I take, it's always hard. (laughs) I mean, what, what, name one thing science has done for us that's good that doesn't have to do with Bill Gates? The LSD? Where Where would LSD be without science? That's a good point. Not under my tongue. It wouldn't be under my tongue like it is right now. (laughs) We're not on the Hedorah episode, dude. You gotta chill. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know the scene where, like, uh, Kenji, I think his name is, um, puts the truck out with the bomb and Varen, like, stands over it and it's, like, right at his crotch and then the, the truck blows up right on his groin? I'll be honest, I was zoning out during this movie. This movie sucks. Fair enough, fair enough. It's when he first gets on land at the airport, they they put a truck up there and Varen like is like basically teabagging this truck and they set the bomb off and it like blows his growing up. And according to uh the book I reference all the time, Mushroom Clouds and Mushroom Men, during the scene, that uh, the explosion actually severely burned Nakajima's groin area, but Subaraya demanded a retake anyway. They had to do it again, and so Nakajima was like looking around for something to pad himself with, and the only thing he could find in time was wild-growing cannabis sativa plants. <laughs> and so he just shoved leaves of weed into his pants. The quote they used in this book says. It used to flourish, Nakajima sighed. So I think Nakajima's a stoner, which explains <laughs> I mean a lot. Yeah. That's that's especially funny because uh in Kalat's book he says that Subaraya, because this was like a low budget T V production, um he was like cutting corners and he was like the special effects don't have to look as good as usual because it's gonna be on a small screen. Uh, so that's kind of funny that he's like, we need to retake that scene. <laughs> Where you burned your fucking dick. Yeah. Dude who's already died on set once, falling 25 feet into water in a 100-pound suit that then filled with water. Like, <laughs> Okay, so I guess on the science question, we're coming out like neutral for now, but we'll see what yeah. happens. Yeah. All right, you heard it here, folks. We're taking the hard stance of being neutral on science here on No Gods, No Monsters. I'm Rabbit. 
this year's Charlie, and today we're talking about Varen or Giant Monster Varen, Varan, Varen, uh, Daikaiju Varen. Nineteen fifty-eight is the year. Charlie, what's the scoop? I got a couple scoops for you. Two scientists have gone to the Tibet of Japan in search of a butterfly that is usually only found in Siberia. While there, they are mysteriously killed. A sister reporter and a couple of scientists or something try to figure out what happened and end up discovering Varan, a prehistoric flying dino beast who has been chilling in the lake here next to the village, peacefully coexisting and vibing the years away. The humans decide to provoke Varan, a creature who has objectively done nothing wrong, and the... The dude freaks out and stops them. Then he glides across the country to the ocean, where humans continue to provoke it. Then it comes ashore, where humans are horrified it might attack them, as it fucking should. So they figure out a way to kill it by dropping a bomb into its mouth. Miranda, nothing wrong. This movie sucks. The end. Directed by Ishiro Honda. Screenplay by Shinichi Sakizawa. Music by Akira Ifukube. Special effects by Eiji Tsuburaya, with Kozo Numura as Kenji Uozaki, Ayumi Sonoda as Yuriko Sinjo, Fumindo Matsuo as Morihiko Horiguti, Korea Senda as Dr. Sujimoto, our old pal Akiko Harada as Dr. Fujimura, Chibi as Chibi the Rascal Dog, and of course, Hario Nakajima as Varan. It's never too early for monsters. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, it's Varan, the unbelievable baby. Oh man! So okay, this this uh, movie has a unique place in No Gods No Monsters history in that this is the first movie that we both watched together. I mean, we were fucking a thousand or so miles apart, but together spiritually for the first time and. By the end, we were both going, like, for, I don't even remember how it built up, but I know by the end we had decided we needed to make Veranda Nothing Wrong merchandise. There's <laughs> <Right? laughs> a point when they were attacking Veranda in the ocean, and then you said, but Veranda Nothing Wrong, and then I was like, that's a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so I was, and so I was explaining this to Ira this morning, my partner, and I explained the plot of the movie. And Ira was like, well, did nothing wrong is a little misleading since it destroyed an entire, like, indigenous village. Maybe, like, Varan wasn't right. at fault or Varan isn't to blame. And I was like, counterpoint, I already designed the sticker and it looked like <laughs> But that's, the village has existed there for generations. Yeah. And then... Knowing the rules with the Varan, and then yeah. these outsiders come and they provoke it, and yeah, Varan fucking uh, strikes back when it's provoked when you when you fuck around with it. Yeah, and... it's it it reminds me. It's like the whole movie is like some asshole tourist invades a, a mountain lion's place where its child children are, and so the mountain lion defends itself, and then the whole movie is like the Forest Service and shit trying to kill the mountain lion, but. Saying, so yeah, I still stand by it, but maybe it did something wrong, but it's not its fault. Yeah. Like, destroying the villages is wrong, but <laughs> it's not its fault, but also, hashtag Varan did nothing wrong. Yeah, I mean, Varan probably also didn't know that the 
village had no connection to the people that were fucking with it. it exactly. Was, yeah. It's just misanthropic at this point. It's like, well, yeah. there's I a see fucking huge weaponry just unloading on it nonstop for totally an hour and 20 minutes of this fucking movie. And the, the frustrating thing about this movie is like everything we're saying is like, oh, that's an awesome lesson for a movie. But this movie doesn't care about any of those lessons. As no. we'll get into. <laughs> it presents them and it gives us all this stuff to chew on. And then it's like, JK, this is just a, <laughs> like a military is awesome movie. It's so confusing. Well, general thoughts and feelings. <laughs> oh, this movie's great. For me to poop on, right? classic um yeah i don't know i I feel like we already covered general thoughts and feelings should we just skip to the next part yeah um okay so the context of this movie is kind of weird as we noted watching you know rodan which was such high production going from that to this is pretty jarring uh because it looks like shit it's in black and white it's low budget there's very little human story all that stuff do you want to give a little of the context of, of the background of how this movie came to be? I think you and I have slightly different knowledge on that. I've read conflicting things, but why don't you present yours and we'll right. see where it goes from there. So my understanding is uh, the TV movie part of ABC um, commissioned Toho to make a TV movie. So they're basically just like, let's put, let's slap something together that's a low-budget movie that we have no intention of releasing in Japan, just for uh, ABC's TV in America. And then during production, the company that commissioned them, the part of ABC that commissioned them, uh, died. I don't know. What they yeah, did. it was something weird like ABC D or something. It was like yeah. ABC something else. Yeah. Yeah, but they they uh, stopped existing. So then. Uh, Tanaka had to either salvage what he could or just cut his losses, and he decided to salvage what he could and release the movie to Japanese audiences. Okay, so even the conflicting reports I had had three stages rather than the two you mentioned. Okay. Where it was like, it was originally supposed to be something, I think it was, the conflict. The conflicting thing I've heard is it's either was supposed to be a television series or it was supposed to be a series of made-for-TV movies that were like maybe an hour long, like 20-something of them. And that's the one that makes more sense to me because this doesn't feel like a TV show. But then that got scrapped and then it was changed to be this like a full-length feature but that would be like partially made by America, partially made by Japan. And so then they kept working on it with that idea and changing it and then that got scrapped and then Toho was like, well, we did all this footage. Let's just try to make it a movie. Yeah. So, so yeah, that explains kind of why it's a mess. I mean, even I read that the formatting was originally like four by three. And then to make it movie aspect ratio, they just zoomed in and cut off. Yeah. Originally. The bottom of shots. Originally, they were filming it for TV. And then, but to put it out in theaters, it needed to be in widescreen. So they like zoomed in and cropped out aspects and yeah, yeah. that also and, i mean you can't tell they did a great job <laughs> that also uh, like i said Subarai was like cutting corners because he's like it's just going to be on a small tv screen and then all of a sudden they're like oh it's going to be in theaters and we're going to zoom in on stuff and he's like oh yeah. fuck <laughs> totally i know honda was also very bummed on this project he, he did not have his heart in it and you can fucking tell 
Yeah. You know, and we're we're shitting on this movie a lot and it deserves it, but also there are things that are cool about this movie, especially in the first half, and we'll go yeah. into those too. It's not going to well, be in uh 2 hours of us talking shit, you know. You're you're being a little generous. The first third. I think the first 45% has cool stuff in it. Okay. But also has bad stuff. And then the last 55% has nothing cool in it almost at all. <laughs> There's some cool shots of Ryan. <laughs> That's true. That's and he true. eats. Well, it's funny when he eats flares. <laughs> yes, it is very funny. Okay, let's start with that. Uh, let's go right into monsters and effects because there is some positive stuff with that. Varan themselves. The, and I, okay, I feel terrible even calling it Varan. Because we're immediately <laughs> yeah. siding with the scientists. Like, it doesn't even yeah. make sense this movie is called Varan. You know, it should be Baradaggy or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, <laughs> it makes me so bad. I'm going to say Varan because it's just easier, but like, there's... We're gonna harp on that enough. Yeah. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say Baradagi, so I seem more woke than you. Okay, cool. I'll say uh, Baradagi slash uh, Varan. Okay. Uh, just you know, to, so everyone feels included. So, uh, what did you think of the design of Baradagi slash Varan? <laughs> uh, I actually um I dislike the design because I like it and. The movie's so shitty, it doesn't deserve a good monster design. I would be happier if it was just a laughably bad monster design, but instead, Varan is really cool looking, and overall, it's a really great design, and it deserves a much better movie. The only other movie we see him in is uh, Destroy All Monsters, right? In the background for a second, I think. I haven't seen all of Destroy All Monsters, but that's what I've read. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, but I do, I love Varan's design. Oh no, I, I love it. I love it. It I just makes me mad that I love it. I it doesn't make me mad because in my mind there's like hope that one day Well, first of all, it makes the movie more tolerable because I really love his design. But second of all, I I hope that one day for some reason we can get like a remake that's actually cool or get him used in something else cuz it's an awesome design. Like not just I'm not saying this in like in contrast to how shitty the movie is. The design is awesome. This is one of my favorite kaiju designs. I fucking love the design. The fucking spikes, the face, the like the weird shell thing that makes it like kind of turtle, kind of desert lizard like the way it moves. The way it flies. <laughs> so yeah, I mean the things that are weird to me about it are like first, since you brought that up first, where do those skin flaps come from i don't know we don't see them at all and all of a sudden they appear but then the flying makes no logical sense <laughs> it's just <laughs> i think i think there's a way it could make sense but we'll have to stretch our imaginations but i don't you're right it like <laughs> when you and i were watching this i was like oh cool i didn't know this movie was gonna have multiple kaiju because <laughs> i just couldn't believe that that was varan because varan has like these skin flap like flying squirrel wing things uh -huh. and they just weren't there and i'm like what the fuck's going on and then boop they're just there no <laughs> also the way it walks because a human's in there is pretty like there's scenes where you can see it just crawling on his hands and knees like a toddler yeah and it's when you see it you see it <laughs> <laughs> um what other thoughts do you have about the design or the way Ferran moves and it, what it does What's up with that fog? 
I don't know, but I mean, Varan definitely. There's like a lot of wind and fog around it a lot and like they say it's a gas only found in this area or something um yeah and that i don't know I just, what's up with that i didn't ass- i assumed that the fog was just a natural thing of that area but there are a bunch of natural occurrences that seem to only happen around varan like he's associated with the natural environment like he just brings wind with him. Yeah. <laughs> which it's kind of interesting. We talked about in the Godzilla 1954 episode, how weird it was that the first scene of Godzilla, there is no Godzilla that you see and everybody's dying, but it just looks like a hurricane. And this is very similar to that. There's just wind wherever Varan is. That's true. And that could explain some more about the, uh, fly- his flying abilities. That's what I was going to bring up. I guess I'll just throw it in right now. I listened to, uh, I think it was the, uh, the, kaiju cast was saying that like one thing that could explain a lot of plot holes in this that's probably not true but it could explain a lot is that varan being in his natural habitat gives him powers that he doesn't have outside of it which would explain why in on the around the lake he creates wind and he can fly because the wind lifts him up but once he leaves he has to swim because he doesn't have control of nature anymore Um, which is interesting but we're thinking about it way harder than these yeah people there's no way they put they, they thought yeah. that through <laughs> but there is so i agree with you there but i think there is a pattern that's enough that it feels like purposeful of varan being connected to nature in his powers or in his actions like he brings wind he causes landslides people think it's earthquakes when he's coming his voice sounds like thunder. Like there's a lot of things that do tie him to the natural environment, which ties to the very loose and then discarded themes of the movie. So that I think is kind of cool, even though it's very haphazardly done. For sure. And as someone with wind abilities myself, I truly appreciate that. That's only reason you're on this podcast is for your wind knowledge and wind powers for sure. Oh, I wish you all could have seen this. Oh, we should record our Skype. That was crazy. I'm dizzy. Can we uh, hit pause for a second? <laughs> I feel like Varan treats the buildings he's attacking a lot different than Godzilla or Rodan. I feel like Godzilla and Rodan, it's like, I'm walking in a straight line and you're in my way. Or I'm flying in a straight line and you're underneath me. But Varan is like, attack this building on the left. I see this building on the right. I'm going for this building on the right. He's just like crawl falling onto every building. He's just like, it feels more vengeful. It feels more like, uh, re- like a reaction to the wrongs done by him by these scientists and journalists. Yeah, I can see that. Totally justified. Veranda, nothing wrong. Exactly. Exactly. And last but not least, I feel like uh, the the work they do with his tail in the costume is actually superior to most tails in kaiju. Like they they did some cool stuff with that. I didn't see the strings. I like um when it knocked over that truck with the I don't know what is that you've told me before what it is, but the choo, 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 things. Um, what? <laughs> you know oh, like the, the anti aircraft? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when it I mean, walks why? over the anti-aircraft the sound so helped with... not at all i just was like well the only truck i've described to charlie 
I think I've asked you before what weapon makes up. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I feel like a birder when someone's like, "I saw this fucking weird bird." It was like, <laughs> <laughs> You're "Like, what, what is it?" Like, I don't fucking know, dude. You got to be better than that. <laughs> the thing that's firing for like half the fucking movie. Um, oh, uh, the yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like it when the tail knocked it over, and then there was like a second, and then all of a sudden it just exploded. It made me yeah. laugh. That was good. That was definitely good. I also like how Varan, he has more personality later in the movie. Like it, like one of the most frustrating things about this movie is they don't give us any information to make us think that the weird theory I heard and now subscribe to about his powers being around the lake is real. So it's like, why is this beast who can fly just swimming for like a third of this movie? Yeah, and it's why so... is why is he like hiding under the ocean just like? looking back and forth as submarines are going over it. It's, it's almost like he knows they're using sonar and is trying to hide amongst <laughs> the rocks. It's so stupid. I also think it's funny that Varan is like, he just feels like a kitten. Like, he's like, I'm going to play with all these things. Like, I'm going to play with these dead bodies and I'm going to bite them and I'm going to scratch. <gasps> a laser pointer. <gasps> I gotta bite these flares. <gasps> like, it's just so silly. Like, his destruction of an entire airport yeah. is just stopped by, like, oh, pretty lights. Oh, oh, yeah, just a but kitten it, or a puppy. it sure is convenient that he likes eating flares. Oh, yeah. That's very convenient after... Oh, it's so stupid. Like, they set up how they're gonna kill Varan for so long, and the audience knows one minute in, and it takes them 20 minutes to figure it out. <laughs> Huh. I like when he knocked the plane out of the sky. That was fucking great. Oh, that was awesome. And his death was pretty goddamn sad. Yeah. One of the weird... One of the things about his death... um, Like, in a lot of the other movies we've seen... Like, in Rodan and uh, Godzilla... There's, like, an element of... Some of the humans are kind of, like... Upset about it. And, like, there's... They realize there's some... there's something kind of tragic about it but in this movie like they're all like running to the to the shore they're like oh he's gonna die he's gonna die we need to get some good pictures it's really uh yeah fucked up I, I do, you can tell it's really shoddily done because i do think honda told the actors in the final shot to look sad because in the final shot they do look really sad watching Varan die and i know that's honda's thing he's like it's a tragic death but everything leading up to that like that doesn't yeah. fit with everything else they've done. And no. the final line of the movie is like, this is another victory for man. Yeah. Like it, we'll get into that when we're getting into themes yeah. and shit, but it's just, it's just so haphazardly thrown together. That weird ass narration where the movie starts with a rocket going off and the narration has like two lines to introduce it. Rocket has nothing to do with anything. Why? Why <laughs> does it start with a rocket yeah. going off? And the Why? only other, because it's just like look how far mankind has advanced like, what? i think it's like look we figured out how to make miniature rockets <laughs> that's it like we got to film this rocket yeah Ugh. yeah the only narration then is just those first two lines and like those last two lines like i don't think we even needed any narration like there's seems really pointless i would have been lost charlie without <laughs> that hand holding <laughs> yeah it's fucking confusing i've heard people say that um 
one of the reasons that the human aspects and story are so confusing in this is because they thought it was going to America and America always cut out the story anyway and put in American actors. So they just did like a bullshit story as fast as they could. And so that makes me think of the narration, like the American ones always had narration. So maybe like, oh, that's what America likes. But it just shows like, I don't know if that's true, but they just they just didn't give a fuck. It's so thrown together. But if they were specifically making it for America audiences and not Japanese audiences, wouldn't they just have made it for American audiences instead of figuring? Well, Americans what I assumed is that because, like, if uh, like Godzilla, King of the Monsters, or uh, Guy Gan- uh, the Fire Monster, they didn't get rid of all the Japanese stuff. They just had that as the structure and then put in American actors like doing the right stuff. So I feel like they had to have that. But I mean, those were because this wasn't specific. This wasn't originally intended for Japanese audiences. No. So like, wouldn't they just have made it in the first place? Like, isn't that weird that sure. they would that they would make this and then they would just assume that the American company would then just put in all this other stuff if they're commissioned specifically that's... to make an American thing? I mean, I think that's in their mind what they were doing, right? Like making got the original Godzilla. They were like, okay, which parts of that ended up in the American cut? We'll just make that much of the movie. And they'll fill in the rest. That's at least a theory of why it okay. is so empty. But who knows? I don't know. It's confusing. Okay, so uh, the map paintings. There were some cool ones. Yeah. pop out at you? All the ones in the intro, because then they also showed the same ones later. <laughs> <laughs> Did they? Yeah, I didn't notice that. Everything in the intro they uh, appeared uh, during the opening credits appeared later. Man, that opening really sets you up to think this movie is going to be awesome. Like, yeah, I mean the first twenty to thirty minutes sets it up to seem like it's going to be something awesome. But on a rewatch, those first twenty to thirty minutes suck on a human story level. Like they make no fucking sense. But like aesthetically, they're cool. I mean. Like, on a human level, when the there really isn't much to the um, to the characters, yes, but on the level in the sense that the, it's setting up some possible interesting themes that the movie could explore. Sure. That That's true. Is setting up some cool stuff. Yeah, I love the first opening map painting of uh, the Tibet of Japan, Tohoku. It's just epic. It's dreary. It's beautiful. It goes great with the music. You just feel like you're entering this fantasy realm that we haven't really gotten in a Toho or a Kaiju movie yet. And the the closest thing I could think of is Skull Island. But it feels even more like, I don't know, just kind of all-encompassing jungle. It's just awesome. And I just wish it really came to life instead of... Yeah, I mean, not even even just a jungle, but like a very ancient feeling to it with uh, the kind of like fog rolling in and... You know, this this indigenous village that was, I guess you don't see the village, but... uh, You see the village next. Awaya Village is like the second or third map. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it all just has this kind of like ancient feeling to it that it's all been there for a long time, which is is neat. It's it's a cool setting. Yeah, it feels very gothic, very, um, I'm going to say Lovecraftian. Uh... It's it's beautiful. It's awesome, and it's 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 like horrific, and in a in an awesome way. And then yeah, poof, it's gone. Yeah. It's kind of like that place in Dark Souls where uh, 
you uh, level up a whole bunch. Everybody knows that place. We spent so many hours there leveling up. How can you not remember it? Well, I don't know which part. Like, I've played Dark Souls 3, like, three times. I don't remember. It's like this foggy forest area where these, like, there's these ghost-like uh oh i hated that human place. characters that come out it's the best oh, place for leveling so for getting stuck for in that souls, place. okay god those games are good those games are so much better than varan i know i've been meaning to i want to go back and i mean all of them all the dark souls bloodborne second row i want to play three i think is my favorite and it's the only one i don't have on pc i have it on ps4 so i need to get it on pc i have all of them ps4 Nice. Except for, except for Demon's Souls on PS3. None of them on PC. Cool. You hear that, everybody? <laughs> I know you have Sekiro on PS4. I didn't beat it. I got one or two bosses away and then got distracted. Yeah, but how do I know you have Sekiro on PS4? Your brother's roommate works for Activision. It was just supposed to be, I I, I, gave, I got it for you. I gave it to you. You don't have to oh, go into all the That was cool, dude. <laughs> Uh, okay. Well, speaking of the village, let's move on to talking about the miniatures because there is some cool miniature work in this movie, right? We got to give credit where it's due. All I really specifically remember are the tanks, which just look especially silly because they have humans sticking out of them. <laughs> oh yeah, they look bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about the buildings. Like to me, the peak of the movie where you really think, "Oh, this movie's gonna be good." is the first time that Varan starts smashing buildings in the village. It looks awesome. That's mm. definitely the best scene of the movie. The miniatures are clearly super well made. They're in a beautiful setting that reminds me of that early map painting. And he just has this interesting, like, fumbling, angry, vengeful, targeted attack mode that's so different from the earlier the other two uh toho uh kaiju we've seen that it, it just feels like oh he's going for it like they disturbed his shit they crossed the barrier and he's gonna fucking take him out and it's it it's beautiful yeah i think i think that is the peak for me and those those miniatures look really good yeah everything you said sick what do you think of the miniatures of the airport So at the end of this movie, there's an airport, and it's in Tokyo. Honestly, and air... sorry. <laughs> and that airport is what he attacks and what they're all defending when they finally kill him. I watched this twice today, and both I just was just pissed off halfway <laughs> through that I had to sit through this fucking thing, and it was very hard to pay attention. So, totally. Honestly, I missed a lot of the ending because it's just... Mostly just the military constantly fucking firing at it and at Varan in different ways. Totally. Uh, so I don't know. I don't remember. The only miniatures I really, really remember are those fucking tanks with the with the head with the people sticking out of them. <laughs> For sure. So the airport. My understanding is they actually did a two scale, very detailed recreation of an airport in Tokyo, and it was like they spent all this time making it look perfect and it's just so dark you don't give a shit it just looks fine. it looks okay um it doesn't look terrible but it doesn't look great it's just like really um but i guess the question for for you is and i i have theories but now that you know that the entire ending of this movie is in an airport and that is a very important part of the movie why do you think varin slash baradagi 
decided to attack an airport of all places. Um, he was jealous about he wanted to be the only thing that around that could fly. I had a similar theory that he like obviously forgot how to fly because he was swimming for 16 years. <laughs> and so he was like, well, fuck you flying things. <laughs> Just <take it> <laughs> There's actually a cool shot where he like knocks a fucking full commercial airplane into a fucking wall and it explodes. That part's cool. Um, but yeah, that's that's one theory. Any others? Because <laughs> um, the airport was there. That's a good one. That's like the Everest uh, reason. Yeah. Yeah. Why climb it? Oh, they call the airports the Everest of Japan. That's true. That's true. Not Mount Fuji at all. Just the airports. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, my other theory is that Varan made the connection between the scientists coming, bringing the reporters, bringing the military, and that all being connected to the 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 globalization of capitalism and he's become a anti-globalization activist and so he wanted to destroy the airports to yeah protect all other varan like entities chilling in lakes and having a great time and just smoking the weed that that grows wild yeah i mean there's a crucial scene where uh he's hiding out underwater as submarines are going over him which you mentioned earlier and he has headphones on he's listening to alex jones talking about the globalists and he's nodding along. Glo- not globalist globalization. <laughs> I'm talking like 1999 Seattle WTO, not fucking Infowars. <laughs> Can't catch a break. Can't catch a break. Hey, all right. I'll, I'll give you a Kit Kat bar. Don't worry. Thank you. Break me off a piece. You're unbelievable. Oh, for um. You never so did the, sing your Rodan song, did you? No. You told me you'd never heard Jolene, which is what it's based on, and is a very famous song, so I thought there was no point. I've probably heard that. You told me you never had, so... Probably fucking with you. <laughs> it's over. The name sounds familiar. <laughs> they say that. Cool. Okay, the other, like, main effects are, as you've mentioned, the overuse of fucking military vehicles, weapons, personnel, bombs, flares. Yeah. There's a lot of it. There's a fucking lot of it. It's especially bad, because I feel like in the last couple movies, both Rodan and uh, Raids Again, there's already a ton of that, and it was already kind of getting annoying. And it's the same exact sound effects, and now we have a new movie where they're like, oh, let's do it even more. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, in Raids Again and in Ro- Rodan, we were like, like, we we literally said in the last episode, they spend five minutes blowing up this hill. Can you believe <laughs> that? And this, it's literally 40 minutes. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it just, just shooting the water man just <laughs> stop shooting the water man just don't do it dude and like yeah you've pointed out those tanks a couple times looking like shit and the funny thing is they clearly had enough budget that they filmed multiple real tanks and then they switched to those fake ones and it makes them look so much worse <laughs> it doesn't help at all yeah i mean my my notes just say so so much how much shooting veranda nothing wrong i don't know <laughs> is that all your notes 
the for the military part. <laughs> I was hoping for the whole episode. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, that would have worked. We already talked about the bomb blowing up his dick, which, like, yeah, you really weren't paying attention if you didn't notice that, but I don't blame you. It's... <laughs> It's a whole thing where he just like crouches over this fucking jeep and they blow his fucking groin off and yeah it's uh okay who gets our dumb cop award charlie so when we were talking before the episode you said our last episode i got mad at you because you said they're all dumb cops or something like that and I thought that was very funny because my choice for dumb cop award this time is all the non-indigenous people just everybody who yes. has failed to kill the cop in their head. <laughs> They're all fucking cops. They're all dumb cops who are just like super cop mentality. This is a problem that's not actually a problem. We must eliminate this problem that isn't an actual problem and claim it's for like self-protection. And uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah they claim it's to serve and protect our, our nation. When ver- this Veranopod has been existing in this lake for presumably millions of years 185 million years what 185 million years Uh, i think presumably 185 million years uh for many generations coexisting with this village right next to it and the fucking cops come along and just say yeah let's shoot this thing to death yeah the scientists are cops the journalists are cops the military are cops i mean they're not really military they're self-defense forces i mean it's all cop mentality. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's great. We're going to switch because <laughs> I love that. But my answer this time is an actual cop. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm just going with with the, pl- the, the pilot of the plane who flew so close he got swatted by a, a swimming creature. <laughs> like, and I think that's been my answer for King Kong. Yes, I think that was my answer for um, Raids Again. It's just like, don't fly. You're in a plane. The sky is the limit <laughs> means you have lots of space. <laughs> you don't need to fly within arm's reach, you fucking bootlickers. But I'm glad you do, because I get to watch yeah. you die. Oh, oh man, we're about, we're about to get out of the fun stuff, and we're going to have a little speed bump and then get back into fun stuff. It's time hey. to talk about the human story, Charlie. Nobody loves speed more than me. Oh, wait, that would mean speed bumps are bad. Yeah, you're right. This is a speed bump. Oh, yeah, speed bumps are good because bumps are... Okay, uh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I like that my only contribution to that conversation was me snorting. With my <laughs> it gave me a new perspective on bumps. My perspective has stayed the same since my septum has been deviated, but we won't go there. So... I kind of feel like we've mentioned the general human story, our thoughts on it. But do you have any generalized umbrella thoughts about the human story before we go into specifics? Sucks. (laughs) Well put, man. Yeah. I'm something of a poet. So, characters. Let's start with Yuriko, played by Ayumi Sonoda. She's a journalist. She's actually, one cool thing is she's the first female professional to appear in a Honda fantasy film, which becomes a yeah. running theme of especially journalists, especially journalists yeah. roles, and this is the first one, so that's that's notable at least. Yeah, it's also notable. She seems to be on like the same level with a lot of the male characters. You'd think that, except through the way they treat her. 
Mm-hmm. Like she, she's always being told what to do by men, and she listens to them, and it sucks. That's true. And she becomes a damsel in distress after Kenji tells her what to do, like go back. And then she gets dropped under a tree, and he has to save her. Yeah, he fucked Blech. up that one. Yeah, he really <laughs> fucked that up. No, maybe he did it perfectly. He wanted to be the hero. He had to put her into danger. I mean, to to me, the worst thing about Yuriko, who I think is one of the better characters in the movie, but given so little to do, just like all the characters, is that she's the brother of one of the scientists that, like, so this movie makes you think that the first two scientists are the main characters, and then they die, which is, like, kind of interesting, right? That's at least mm-hmm. breaking the mold. But then she shows up to the office and she's like, I'm the brother of one of those guys who died. I'm here. I'm a journalist and I'm here for the scoop of the 20th century. We have to solve this mystery. So you're not here because your brother died. You're just here for a scoop. Your brother died yesterday. (laughs) And you're like, I'm here for the scoop. That's why I'm here. Yeah, I forgot. They they like barely even mentioned that her brother died, uh, that that she's the brother of the person that died. Like they bring it up when her first intention of going out there is like, oh, that was my brother. Also, this is a scoop. And then they get to the village like, that was her brother. And then they like, that's it. Yeah, I think that's the only two times they mention it. Yeah. And there's no... She never seems, like, emotionally distraught at all about it or anything like that. They like No, she just wants the scoop, bro. Yeah, I mean, it's the scoop of the century. As the, as the beginning narration says, this is the greatest mystery ever told. Yeah. Presumably, this is in the same uh, universe as Godzilla and Rodan and Anguirus, yep. which doesn't make it that much of a mystery, <laughs> that much of a scoop. As we said in Godzilla Raids again, passenger pigeons, man, they don't fly fast enough. None of these people know what happened. (laughs) I don't know what to say about her. You want to move on to Kenji? Yeah, I mean, even less to say about him. Uh, Oh, I have a lot to say about him. Crack knuckle sound. You didn't need to say it because I heard your knuckles. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you leave all that in. <laughs> Played by Kozo Nomura, Kenji fucking sucks. Yeah, I mean, I could have told you that. What do you got, bro? What My notes that I wrote down on Kenji are, don't care, he sucks, nothing bland. I'd, I'd go a different way. He's a villain. Oh, wow. He is an asshole to the villagers. He tells them that their beliefs are stupid and that nothing that they think makes sense and it's the 20th century and they should shut the fuck up. He's always ordering Yuriko around and telling her what to do. He has no role and he's shoehorned into the ending to drop the, the to, to set off the bomb on uh, Nakajima's grind for no reason. And he is the epitome of civilization's hubris. And I hate him. Yeah. Um. Put the tape up. <laughs> Oh, I I didn't notice that. I I did not do that on purpose. Oh, I was, okay. I was trying to wipe a little mark off on my screen, and I guess me uh, touching the computer made the tape fall down. I thought you were mad at me for going off, so you were coming. No, why I got an angry and angrier tone as I went because I was like, no. "Fucking trying to stifle me." <laughs> it was. There's a little. Oh, I think that's a mark behind you on the wall. <laughs> I was like rubbing my screen. Like there's a little dot right here. I'm trying to rub it off. Where is it? Tell me when to stop. It's 
No, not even close. Oh, I think it's uh the pin in your poster, but I couldn't see the rest of the poster. Oh, so I, I see. Only saw that dark mark. That's a flaming cop car, bro. Yeah, but your body was uh yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I I guess when it came to him like being an asshole to the villagers, I just kind of thought like this is what all the city people kind of are like um so I didn't really uh think that specifically on him, but he is more vocal about it than everyone else. Yeah, I mean, I I just think he again, he just epitomizes the hubris of the scientists, of the journalists, of the military, everything. And he never, he never learns a lesson and he's painted as the hero of the movie. It's so frustrating. Like they set us up with all these awesome themes, clearly showing that the religious people and the indigenous people, I'm assuming they're indigenous, are more correct than all these other people. Right after Rodan, a movie about how the workers (laughs) are better than the white collar people. But then the hero is one of the people doing all the bad things. It makes me fucking mad, dude. I hate it. I hate him. I don't like Kenji. (laughs) It's not the actor's fault. He was fine. It's the Mm. character. Yeah. What about Professor Sujimoto, played by Koreha Senda, whose hair clearly stole the show? Um, He was a dick. It's like... We've seen these movies where these professors, scientists characters, they have an interest in the monster. Even if they're trying to figure out a way to kill it, they have like an interest, some kind of interest in it. Or in some cases, they have a struggle over, we we should study this uh, or whatever. But he, all he's occupied the entire time is just figuring out a way to destroy it. He's either being horrible or he's being useless. <laughs> he starts out so horrible. Like, Eureka comes in there and is like, my brother died yesterday. What information do you have? And he's like, this is all that's left of him. Oh, your brother's Jeep was crushed like a paper toy. Like, no, what? This is your, bro- <laughs> this is your brother. Yeah. He is a little chill about the villagers' beliefs. He's like, who's to say whether it's mm. a god or not? We don't know. But and then he's just he's brought into the field with the military and he's useless until he's just confu- like, well, he's he's like, this thing is indestructible. There's no way to kill it. And then people are like, there's no way. He's like, there must be a way. He's like, oh, OK, so you just don't need to be here. And then he's like, well, I mean, they are sensitive to light. So maybe we could like, you know, use flares use like flares. Just what is his what is he doing there? Why is he this? What? I don't know. And we've already run out of main characters. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's just spend the next half hour talking about Chibi. <laughs> Chibi's great. Chibi's great. Chibi's the dog. The dog's name is Chibi. I like how in your intro you assumed that Chibi was also the name of the dog in real life. Should be. It's a good name. Gen is pretty chill. Gen is Chibi's mm-hmm. the kid who wears the... um. Mask. Oh my god, what's, what's Varan's name when it's not Varan? Uh, Baradagi? Yeah, I was about to say Bad Doggy, but yours, I think, is more correct. Baradagi? Chibi's a doggy? Oh! Oh! I think we found some some hidden meaning to the screenplay. Gen's pretty chill. What do you think of Gen's mom? I mean, 
she brought like the only emotion to the movie that we really best saw. actor in the movie. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, compared to uh, the sister who just lost her brother, um, <laughs> Gen's mom is uh, portrays grief and uh, uh, anguish a, a lot better. <laughs> so she was played by Fumiko Honma, who is famous for playing screaming women. Oh. She's in Godzilla and Rodan as a grieving woman. Um, wow. But it was wild when you and I were watching it. It was like, oh, there's acting. <laughs> like, when we saw her, it was like, oh, somebody actually gives a fuck here. Yeah. Somebody... <laughs> like, she did a great fucking job. Yeah, she was awesome. I totally. can see why she uh, is known as a grieving woman, because she's good at it. Totally. What about uh, Horiguchi, uh, played by Fumito Matsuo? He was the, like, I guess, comedic relief who, who hangs but, out with Kenji and Yuriko the whole time. Yeah, my specific note I wrote out was, like, this character, this type of character is supposed to be comedic relief, but where's the comedic relief? He the really... only comedic relief I could find is that he's scared of sticks and birds. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, who amongst us? Yeah, whom's amongst us isn't scared of sticks and birds? <laughs> Especially birds carrying sticks or birds building nests, for Christ's sake. Yeah. Just they build that shit with sticks. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Man, the Jenga of the forest. That's what it's known as. That's where Jenga got its name. Um. Oh, man. Uh, side note. Today... So we had some people sleep over last night who were vaccinated. We're finally like opening our house up. And I walked down the stairs today and I overheard somebody be like, oh, my God, a butt plug lava lamp bong. (laughs) (laughs) And we had literally a 40 minute discussion while looking through crazy butt plugs that exist in the world. And so we like. I can't even explain. One of my favorites is a butt plug with just a 24 hour AA token. 24 hours dude um, but i can't i i thought it i thought it'd be funny to have a jenga butt plug but i don't know how you do it i'll figure a way cool what about the two guys at the start of the movie that we like they're the scientists they go to find the siberian butterfly they run into villagers and are dickheads and then they find a butterfly immediately and then they die anything about them well one of them is a really awesome driver dude this movie has the worst rear projection driving in cinema history. I'm not exaggerating. Can you name a movie with the worst? I think it's just a very treacherous road, and he uh, he's great at navigating it. Dude, if you haven't seen this movie, he's holding the wheel, and he's swinging it all the way left, all the way right, as far as human arms can go, every... 14 milliseconds it's so fucking bad and he's not the only one i think kenji does it later too really (laughs) they definitely do it again later in the movie it's so bad he's like oh this is a tough road (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs) i don't know how i'm gonna edit that part but yeah this is bad okay but you gotta admit the priest was good well, I was also going to point out that those guys were dicks. They're like, ugh, the Tibet of Japan, I hate it here. 
Yeah. Ugh. I fucking I, hate it here immediately. Yeah. Been here 10 seconds, and I fucking hate it because they think we're monsters, and I'm not going to do any introspection. I'm just going to fucking assume that we're good, and they suck, and this place sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the priest was cool. He fucking rocked a stick out. Dude. Non-stop. There is not a kaiju podcast on the planet that talked about Varan that doesn't talk about how great that priest is at shaking the stick, but it was also my first thought. Like, it has to be said. I don't care if we're yeah. doing... <laughs> He's just like, shake, 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 um, That was Akira Sarah. He, I mean, he fucking played him. Like, I was like, that's a priest. That priest gives a fuck about this shit. He even gave a fuck about the scientists. Like, he asked Baradagi for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. um for them and he just yeah. shakes that shit he doesn't stop no and he's he shakes it until he dies yeah he shakes it until the wind kills him yeah as a priest myself um a lot of respect for him yeah totally dude and like you can't see but i'm doing the cross thing on my chest i don't know what it's called right now but like i hope you don't die from wind but if you do i hope you die from wind you know what i mean not really it's like you know like i hope you don't die ever but like if you die like i hope you have as as a capital r romantic a death is this i mean i do live in bro i do live in tornado alley so it's kind of a possibility i hope that if tornado alley becomes tornadoville that you're shaking (laughs) a stick till the end (laughs) thank you thank you brother Okay, last on our list of notable mentions, Dr. Fujimara, played by the actor who was Serizawa in Godzilla and who was other people in other movies we've talked about, Akihiko Hirata. Yeah, it's kind of a stupid role for him because we know him from uh, creating the Oxygen Destroyer and he's like, "Uh, we need to come up with a weapon to defeat this monster. Oh. I think I came up with a weapon to defeat this monster. And the whole time you're just like, yeah, the fucking oxygen to destroy. The fucking oxygen to destroy. I created a bomb, but I don't know if it'll work. I used it for dams. It only works from the inside. It's like, dude, first of all, we get it. You've been saying over and over that his skin is like steel. So you got to You can't penetrate it. Yeah. You're saying you have a weapon that only works from the inside. We get it. But second of all, it's like, Sarah's Owen, no! (laughs) Why have you come back? Just to... Just and to do it, the exact opposite. Yeah, I was going to say, this character has, like, no introspection, no no deep thoughts about any of this. She's like, oh, I, I got a bomb that can kill something from the inside. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so outside of specific characters, there seems to be, like, two classifications of characters in this movie. There's the Uaya villagers, and there's, like, quote-unquote officials like scientists reporters military city folk i feel like it's important in this movie especially talking about the first 45 percent or whatever you want to say it is to talk about the distinctions that are drawn between those but first i remember you showing me a little passage from a book you were reading about like the indigenous folks that this is based on do you think this is a good spot to mention that right so in david collatt's book a critical history and filmography of toho's godzilla series so he brings up that, you know, like in a lot of cultures, there's a lot of uh, anti-indigenous senti- sentiment. And um, so these villagers are supposed to be the, I don't know how you pronounce it, it's Ainu or Inu? A-I-N-U. Cool. Uh, but yeah, indigenous um, Japanese people. He brings up that these people were portrayed 
negatively. He says, individual shots depicting the ANU as not just backward, but deformed, would be snipped from later reissues of Varan. As uh, Japanese culture got more and more um, mature and sensitive towards the fact that, oh shit, we've been horribly racist and uh, bigoted all these years. I think that, that that really shows through the throughout the movie where all these characters from the city really look down on these people and their beliefs. Um, and they're just like, oh, these stupid, superstitious people. And even when they find the monster, they, they've been told this whole time, oh, don't go out there. It's the Baradaga, the Baradaga. And they're like, yeah, yeah, right. There's some kind of ancient god there, you fucking idiots, you fucking morons. And then there actually is... Uh, a dinosaur millions of years old and they're just like well this is obviously a fucking dinosaur you morons this is a varanopod not a fucking baradagi um but you really do even if they did cut shots of uh some more insensitive portrayal of um the indigenous people you really do get the condescension towards them throughout the entire movie and it doesn't it, it feels like like you brought up earlier that it's not like they're trying to make a point that these people who end up coming into there and provoking this monster and then deciding they have to murder this monster is is trying not trying to make a point that these people are in the wrong. It's uh, just like yeah, we they should have they should kill this monster and uh, yeah. So I think that that anti-indigenous um, sentiment does come through. I also want to point out that Ifukube, who did the score to this, and as we mentioned before, a lot of these movies, a lot of the Toho movies, he grew up in a highly Ainu populated area, and that is something that really influenced his uh, music style. So um, that's kind of interesting, and maybe that's why he can make such great scores for a movie like this, or Mothra, where there's a... King Kong vs. Godzilla, where we have indigenous populations. It's wild because in, in watching the movie together, it's very obvious that the villagers are in the right. Like, I'm not a religious person, but in this instance, obviously the religious people are, are in the right. They're saying there is a, a god that is here, and if we act a certain way, it will harm us. And so we act in a certain way to make sure it doesn't. And the scientists are like, fuck you, you're idiots. And they act in a different way and it harms all of them. And they don't learn any lessons from it. Mm. Um, the villagers have a ritual for Baradagi where they ask for mercy. They apologize for invading the privacy of Baradagi and they apologize for offending Baradagi. Meanwhile, the scientists invade the privacy of Baradagi and of the villagers. They interrupt the ritual. They offend the villagers and they offend Baradagi. And there's not a single apology, not a single self-reflection, not a single moment of realization that they are wrong, even though all evidence points to them being wrong. The priest says, oh, you're here to like explore? Never. You must go back. Meanwhile, the scientists and other colonizers view exploration as like an ideal or a right. The priest asks forgiveness for the scientists on behalf of the scientists to the god, to Varan, to Baradagi. The scientists don't do anything uh, for the villagers. Uh, like people like Kenji just keep being like, this is the 20th century. How do you believe such nonsense? It's, it's like 
they're hammering it into your head in a way where you're sure if this was a normal, serious movie, it would result in us being flooded with the fact that this was wrong, that the scientists, yeah. the reporters, and the military are wrong. But instead, it's just it just goes off and it's just gone. And there's nothing. Yeah. One of the funny slash infuriating thing about that Kenji uh, part where he's like, this is the 20th century. Come on. You have no need to worry. He's saying this to this village to persuade them that the beliefs they've held for so many years is wrong. That the, the beliefs that they've held for generations, presumably, are just completely wrong. And they're so easily persuaded by him. Because he's, he's like, look, that kid went after his dog and you're all going to be afraid. And they're like, yeah, you're right. It is stupid that we've been afraid. Yeah, everybody and, but the priest, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And then they were just like, really? You're that easily persuaded? And actually, the the you were all were right in the first place. <laughs> but it never presents it like, actually, they were right. It <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's the, from a filmmaking aspect, that's the part that's the most frustrating is like, you you could have just shown them as steadfast in their beliefs because their beliefs were right, but it's like, oh, they hear the opposing view for one second and they just flip flop, mm -hmm. but yeah. that ends up killing their entire village and then we never hear from their village again. We never hear a single word about how many people were killed. We never hear a single word about the, the plight of the villagers, all of the... Scientists, reporters, and military are just worried about Tokyo. They just care yeah. about the city. They're like, oh shit, if this thing got loose in the city, it'd be bad. Meanwhile, it's literally smashing buildings in front of them. And they're like, oh shit, man, if they get to our skyscrapers, it's going to be a problem. Yeah. And then at the, the end of the movie, they're like, we did it. We stopped it. And it's like, you started in the first place, you motherfuckers. Yeah. It reminds me of Son of Kong, where like the island just sinks. And we don't think about the villagers at all. Fuck them. Yeah. I hate it. All right. You want to move on to some filmmaking stuff? Because there's, <sighs> there's some good stuff there we can talk about. Little little tidbits. Sure. I don't know. Do you have anything about directing and cinematography that was good or bad? Not really. Um. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, I hear you. What What do you think is your favorite shot in the movie? I really love the shot where um where he's he first comes out of the water and swipes at the plane, not the nice. one where he actually knocks the plane down, but uh at first he pops out of the water and he swipes and misses and i it's just a really cool shot visually, obviously, the context of him actually hitting the plane is better, but it just doesn't look as good as him swiping and missing that was just a really excellently done shot nice what about what about you? I think my favorite shot of the movie is when they're blasting those canisters full of chemicals into the water and you see the underwater shot where the canisters are dropping and all the chemicals are floating out. Mm. It's just, it's like beautiful and sad at the same time. You know they're killing this lake, like fish are about to mm -hmm. die. This monster is, maybe is going to die, but the way it's shot is actually pretty beautiful and it, it, it stops me. Anytime I'm watching this movie and I'm pissed at other things, it's it's a moment where I'm stopped and I'm like... Oh, okay. This is what's happening, and I need to think. Those uh, shells fired by the chemical squad, which really sounds like some kind of next-level war crime section of the army. Yeah. Chemical squad. Yeah. Totally. But yeah, those are my favorite shots. I thought they were beautiful. 
Um, what did you think about the score of this movie? I thought it was funny we were watching it, and both of us were like, oh, this is Ifukube, isn't it? And then, like, the military march theme started playing. We're like, oh, yeah, this is 100% Ifukube. Um, it's very obviously him. Uh, and it's, um, yeah, it's a, he's a great composer, and it's, it's a very, it's a good score. Well, I, I don't think that's the only reason we knew. I think that the, the Varan theme or the opening title theme is one of his most reused themes. It's in a ton of later movies that we've seen. Um, so I think that's part of it. But yeah, it's I don't know that all of the scenes fit with the music. Um, I think that the military music is a little too happy for me, especially contrasted with the rest of the movie. Um, mm. I don't want to be like patriotically stoked that the military is attacking Varen because Varen did nothing wrong, Charlie. I'm shaking your shoulders. I, I agree. Nothing, I don't even have shoulders. So that's crazy wrong. that you're shaking them. Uh, but so there are parts that don't work. There's parts of the, the, the score doesn't fit with the movie, but in general, the score itself is top tier. It's great. Yeah. It's pretty funny when uh, Varen does pop out of the water and he swipes the plane out and the music just is playing that happy military march and then all of a sudden just fucking cuts out as soon as the plane gets yeeted. Literally the top of the outline I have right now, like my notes, the exact part that I'm on that I'm highlighting <laughs> says, funny how music stops when plane is hit. Yes. <laughs> like, that shit is so funny. It's like, I don't remember how the music sounds because I'm just going to go back to Gojira, but it's basically like, do 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 <laughs> the only other filmmaking things i have are yeah we're striving in cinema history and the subtitles that we have are definitely wrong in parts i'm not saying that we don't have the best release i'm just saying that i know they're wrong the only japanese that i know is that arigatou gozaimasu means thank you very much and there's a scene where a woman is saying arigatou gozaimasu arigatou gozaimasu and it keeps saying tickets please tickets please underneath and then i'm like what that doesn't what and then the next part there's a little break and then she goes arigato gozaimasu and says thank you very much while she takes the ticket <laughs> uh that's yeah i was reading um yeah in Collat's book he says that there's like you start to see more humor in this movie and i was thinking like what the fuck are you talking about where so I wonder maybe if this, like, the translation we have, like, doesn't fully convey maybe some of the humor in this. Maybe. I mean, I think that I get the humor of, um, I forget his name, but, like, the sidekick guy that's with Kenji and Yuriko the whole time. Like, he seems like a dunce, and mm -hmm. I can see that being humor. Also, there's, the, there's a part that I actually found funny. Like, I actually laugh, where... The reporters are all around the lake and they're waiting for Varan to come out of the lake. And Varan comes out and they're like, oh, oh, we got to go. And they're like, oh, I just I just want to take a picture from a better vantage point. Yeah, me too. I just want to get a better angle. But they're obviously yeah. just scared and running like that to me was funny and funnier than anything in Gojira raids again or Rodan. But it's not yeah. A lot. So this was the first one written by is it Sekizawa. Well, Sekizawa wrote a lot of them. Was this really his first? I think so. Yeah, Sekizawa. I thought that's what I read, that this was his first one. Um, and he would be known as the uh, 
less serious writer who wrote kind of the sillier ones. He wrote a lot um, of the June Fukuda ones, yeah. Yeah. He was part of the B team. Yeah. So to say. Makes sense. All right. Let's talk about what this movie fucking means, Charlie. Oh, the god theme, damn it. The messages, the politics. This is the best part. This is the fucking part you've been waiting for. All right. So, science versus religion. Yeah, which I think ties into, like, the developed versus the undeveloped world, right? Yeah, I mean, we've already touched on it. The uh, One of the central conflicts of this movie is uh, there's this village that has existed in the Tibet of Japan for, I mean, we don't know how long, but a long time. And they have religion based around this uh, god they believe is right there, and they avoid the god and the Otherwise, the god will have wrath on those who do not avoid it. And scientists come along looking for Siberian butterflies, and they fuck everything up. And uh, they see it. They they say all these people are stupid, and they see the monster, and they say, "No, this isn't a god. This is a dinosaur. You fucking morons. You fucking idiots. This flying dinosaur. Obviously, it's a varanopod. How fucking stupid are you? Have to be to think it's a god." Have you never read a goddamn book? Huh? You have any libraries here? And then, um, they're like, obviously we have to kill it because it's, uh, it's attacking alive. those because <laughs> it's alive. And, um, there the movie goes. Damn, that was a dark take, but not inaccurate. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we've mentioned we could go, there's, it's not like, like, Charlie and I aren't picking and choosing. It's not like there's a few lines where people talk shit on the villagers and pro-science. It's like, there are so many lines that do that that I had to keep some out of my outline because it would have just been pages and pages of lines of people being assholes to villagers. Like, it's so fucking much. Even from the essence of the fact that these people say that there's a beast called Baradagi and the scientists are like, that beast doesn't exist. And then they find the beast and they're like, it's not called that. We're going to name it. And it's just like <laughs> these people, like the everything that they've been doing has been keeping it from destroying their village. And everything you do causes it to destroy their village. And you still think you're right because science, science in the mode of the industrial revolution we have now with capitalism and all that shit just thinks it's right no matter what and that everything else is bullshit even though all these rules that clearly applied to this beast once they're violated fuck everything up those rules still don't matter to these people it's fucking infuriating and all that would be fine for a movie if you felt like the filmmaker was like Look at the fuck ups these people are making, but that doesn't—that yes. is not the intention here. No, and that's what really makes you want to pull your hair out, especially for like the director like Ishiro Honda, where you know he's has all these great political views. So you're like, you want him to have great views on this, but it just—he's not portraying it that way. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's like even when this beast comes out, like we said, like they don't care about the village. They're pretending mm -hmm. to care about the village. They're saying, oh, your your views are bullshit, but, like, you know, we're here to, to set you straight. But then when it starts destroying the village, they're just worried about the city. They don't give a fuck about these people. Yeah, I mean, the idea that they call it the Tibet of Japan, which I don't know if that's, like, a common thing that it was called back then or just something for this movie. I have no idea. But it just brings to mind the idea of colonization, like, small culture versus big culture, religious versus science-slash-military-based cultures, and... Again, from mushroom, mushroom clouds and mushroom men, uh, there's 
there's a thing about how they actually use like Buddhist symbolism in the movie. So I wanted to read that really quick. Mm-hmm. It says a native boy named Gen chases after his dog, which has managed to squeeze its way through a border gate adorned with the traditional Kekai. That's K E K K A I, a Buddhist force field like barrier, which only low grade demons can penetrate. According to ancient folk beliefs, mountains were considered taboo areas, and a certain state of purity was necessary in order to enter their domain. So, like, this movie is actually using, at least according to this book, legit Buddhist symbolism to talk about the Tibet of Japan, like, I'm assuming a Buddhist area of Japan, and then just shitting on all of their beliefs. Like, it just seems so, like, they made half a movie, and then someone else made the other half or something. Like, it's so fucking frustrating. And the scientists consider religion to be superstition, and they don't learn their lesson after the religion is proved to be far more accurate than any of their science. <laughs> and wh- where's the missile? Where's the Siberian and, butterflies? What did their science do for this movie? Nothing. Yeah, and it's also it's it's kind of weird because there's no like um, the scientists aren't even curious about how there's a varanopod there. They're yeah. just like, because like in Godzilla, they're like, oh, nuclear weapons must have uh, woken it up. And, you know, Rodan, they're like, it must have, it was uh, maybe the mining or tests that uh, caused earthquakes or something. Um, but in this, it's just like, they, there's no scientific curiosity. It's just, uh, oh, there's a brand. We, we yeah. have to kill it. <laughs> Which is so crazy because the film starts on this scientific curiosity of a way less curious and interesting thing. It's like, oh, there's this butterfly that we've only seen a hundred miles north of here, and now it's here. We gotta check out why. And then they're like, there's a thing we've only seen as fossils 185 million years ago. Who cares why? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, so so one of the big questions I want to ask is like, I mean, we've already addressed it, but like, how does this film treat the tension and conflict that it introduces afterward? And I feel like I know your answer just doesn't, you know. Yeah. Like, it no doesn't... one ever admits that the villagers were right. No one apologizes. No, nobody even mentions them after 30 minutes in the movie after the village is destroyed. Yeah. Kenji says, quote, We don't believe their deaths were caused by Baradagi. It's ridiculous to think such a thing ever existed. And then he helps cause the destruction of their entire way of life, and he's the hero of the movie. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, you're right when you call them a villain. You're right. Yeah. Um, I mean, the last line of the movie is, man has now won another victory. <laughs> a victory against what? A victory of something you fucking assholes created. <laughs> like... It was fine. It was just chilling. It was vibing yeah. in the lake. Did nothing, doing nothing wrong. No. Famous quote. <laughs> yeah, they, the village said, hey, we know this thing's there. We don't fuck with it. It doesn't fuck with us. We're good. Yeah. Okay, so I think another another theme that's again introduced and then disappears is like the wonder the wonder of mystery and nature. We start off with a spaceship or rocket for no reason, but then it says <laughs> why? Why? But then it says like outer space is full of mystery as is earth. So it's at least trying to show us that the earth has mystery and as we've said Varan has like earth-like powers, right? Uh-huh. And then it goes like to a bio, biology department with the with the butterfly, 
Varan's bringing the wind, causing the landslides, making things feel like earthquakes, sounding like thunder. There's gas specific to the region. There's a lake that they say is not on the map. Like, why isn't this lake on the map? Whoa, like unexplored regions, even though we were yeah. shown a map four minutes earlier with, with the lake, lake on it. Yeah. <laughs> I never but thought then, of that. Yeah, right. And then they just like, let's poison the lake. Let's yeah. kill the fish. I mean, there's and also just all these. never talk about any of this again. Yeah, it's also all this gorgeous shots of the this forest, this this mystical ancient forest, and it just looks fantastic. And then like you he you see one of the the guys looking for the butterflies, he goes there and he's like, Oh, this I see why they call this the Tibet of Jap- the Tibet of Japan. I hate this place. And it's like he's surrounded by this fucking gorgeous forest. <laughs> yeah. He hates the place immediately because like like the way that the indigenous people or the 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 villagers are portrayed to us, it's like a lot of them look like beat up, and then there's this priest, and they refuse to talk to them. Which I get from like yeah. a city slicker perspective or whatever would be like, oh, these people are weird. They don't really fit with like what I'm used to. But also like you just invaded their space. Who gives a fuck? And these people are like, the the scientists are like, oh, they think we're monsters. I hate this place. It's like, dude, you've been here fucking ten seconds. Maybe um. Maybe he hates the place because the roads are so treacherous and it took all of his skill to navigate them. Yeah, they had to, like, like left, right, left, right, left, right. Yeah. yeah. They dance dance revolutioning that fucking steering wheel. Yep. Uh, it's just, like, I if you haven't seen this movie and you're listening to this for some reason, I, I want you all to know that half of this movie, at least half, maybe 55%, is just the military shooting at Varand. That's it. <laughs> Like, the first half of the movie, or a little less, is some kind of setup with a bunch of faulty characters that gives you a little intrigue, and the second half of the movie is literally just the military shooting at Varan. That's it. Yeah, the first part of the movie, you're like, okay, maybe this isn't going to be a great movie, but, like, there's something there. It's a it's a cool locale. There's a, a, the great monster design. There's some cool themes that it's kind of bringing up. And then it's just like... Yeah, fuck all that. Let's just have the military shoot this thing for the next hour. <laughs> yeah, it's. As uh... I also want to bring up about the wonder of nature, they're presented with this millions of years old dinosaur, and nobody seems to be in wonder of it at all. <laughs> no, except These... for us. Like this is the yeah. coolest fucking kaiju design. I love it. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> It's sick as fuck. Like, I, I just I want a modern Varan movie. Like, they could make a, such a cool Varan movie on the premise of all the things that were, fucking like 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 just left hanging. Like, it's a cool premise. Yeah. Ugh. And Varan, Varan, so far away. Eh? <laughs> That's all I got. All right, so what's your Rodan song? I can't do it. It's been too long. And Rodan, Rodan so far away. <laughs> That's my Rodan song. No, it was like, you know, it was like Jolene. It was like, uh, you probably shouldn't mind the earth because something big is giving birth and now it's going to hatch its egg, Rodan. You know, it was like like that. I've never time. heard. I've never heard Jolene. Yeah, it's a bummer. So, Charlie. How would you rate this movie on the uh, Godzilla universe scale? So um, just a real, real quick thing. Since I've been editing recently, 
I keep asking whose turn it is, and you just keep saying it's me, and so I keep going first. So it's definitely your turn now. <laughs> uh, I think I think there's some lying right there, but uh, no. all right. Well, maybe you've edited to make it seem otherwise. <laughs> I can't make up words that we say. Just hit the and end yet, button, and yet you do. <laughs> I wish the Godzilla scale went down to you, <laughs> so I could give this to you for unbelievably how much this sucks. Right. Uh, wait, Varan the Unbelievable, is that why? Yes, I, I could give it to you. It's unbelievable how much this movie sucks. But we only go after an F, so I'm going to give this an F for Forget About It, because I wish I could forget about this fucking movie. Damn, dude, that was the quickest review you've ever given. I'm like, shock. Because <laughs> I know, because you, I don't remember much, but I remember you yelling at me every episode about taking too long to rate things. <laughs> I'm sorry. And to be fair, I also remember about taking way too long to rate things. <laughs> that was So great. I remember was both perspectives. <laughs> and then I extended it by talking about this now. So it's just like you rated it. Rated it super long. <laughs> I'm also giving this movie an F, but I'm giving an F for fly. Don't swim, Varan. Come on. <laughs> and that's all. You got anything else to say before I close it out? Nope. Damn, this is our shortest episode ever. I haven't even edited and I can just tell. Which is good because it's fucking Varan. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about the 2020 film Underwater. <laughs> So we're hoping, yeah. we, we hope you're excited to dive into that with us. Yeah, um, hopefully we don't ha- find Varan under there hiding from submarines. Am I right? Dude, that'd be cool if Underwater was just like a secret Varan movie. Yeah, dude, that'd be sweet. Hell yeah. Well, anyway, thanks for listening. We appreciate all all the people who've been supporting us, all y'all who've been liking and commenting and rating, you're awesome. If you haven't done it yet, you're going to be awesome once you do it. Just like rate it real quick. It takes five minutes. Nobody does it. Just do 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 it. Um, we appreciate you. You can find us on Twitter at NoGodsPod. You can email us, NoGodsPod at gmail.com. You can fucking go on Podbean and find us. You can go on Apple and find us. You can go on Stitcher and find us. What's the, you can go on Google Podcasts and find us. We're everywhere now, man. We're like all we're like a fucking Varan. We're just flying wherever we want and dying wherever we please. I don't have anything else to say other than like I guess I'm pro science because I'm about to smoke a fucking fucking nug of like some dank ass. There's gonna be some trichomes in a gravity stuff. bomb. Yeah, dude, there's gonna be yeah, some fucking. Gravity bomb, bomb. Terpenes. It's gonna have terpenes. It's, it's gonna like, have CBD. It's gonna have some CBD. It's gonna have some CBG. THC. It's gonna have some THC. What else you got? What else you got? Come on, throw it on me. It's gonna have. You're gonna have some oxygen. Oh yeah, some fucking oxygen. Some cot. <laughs> some, 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 some. What's the CO two? What's that? Carbohydrates? No, what's CO two? <laughs> I think you're right. Carbon uh, car- dioxide. Carbon dioxide. We're gonna get fucking real. Um. Yeah, Varan. It's a movie. Don't worry about Varan. Yeah. Uh. Don't walk. Don't walk to see this movie. Run 
away from this movie. But wait, don't worry about Varan, the movie, but worry about Varan, the creature, because three, two, one. Varan did nothing wrong. Varan did. I don't think Varan did anything wrong. Hell yeah, dude. On sync. <laughs> yeah, we got it, dude.